Welcome to the Tuning In Podcast, where we talk alignment, intuition, and our internal guidance system. We cover woo-woo topics in an approachable and practical way. I'm your host, Dana Evans of Alignful.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Tuning In Podcast. And this is our one-year anniversary. This is episode 52, my friends. I am so excited, so, so, so celebrating <laughs> and really happy. We talked about it last week, but yeah, it's one year of me consistently putting out an episode. When I looked at the calendar, my first episode was September 10th. 2019. And this one is coming out on September 2nd. So we just meet up with that one year mark. Ah, anyway, thank you for listening. It's really exciting. And I'm actually recording this early because I am out of town. I'm on the beach this week and I'm really excited about it. I was a little hesitant, but truthfully, my body has been craving a change of scenery and very much craving the ocean. And it's where I really feel the most grounded. So I'm heading there. And yeah, I guess check Instagram at Dana underscore Evans. I'll be posting a little bit. But my plan for most of the week is to really kind of detach from tech. My world and my life is very much tech-based And I'm on Zoom calls and computers and emails. I mean, I think we all are, right? And then on top of that, I'm heavily on social media. So just to do that, oh my God, is going to be so amazing. And I think so restorative. I feel like I have some creative projects that are marinating and brewing inside and they need space in order to come to fruition, like the fully formed concept of what that is. So that's my plan. And then next week, which is the ninth, we are actually skipping an episode. I'm taking an intentional one week off the podcast. And then what I'm going to call season two will start on the 16th of September. So stay tuned. So you'll get this episode. And then next week's a good time to catch up on other episodes. And then the 16th will start season two. So this week on the episode, we are talking a little bit about meditation, active meditation versus passive meditation, sitting still, and how you can use that in your life. So without further ado, here's this week's episode. Meditation. Oh my gosh. That's what we're talking about this week. You hear about it all the time. Do you meditate? You should try to meditate. Studies show that meditation helps everything. Do it now. You know you should give it a try, but you're busy. You can't sit still. You have too many thoughts running through your head. You're too stressed. You don't have time. You don't know how. Will it really work for you? The truth is meditation is extremely effective. It has been widely studied and those who practice it regularly will tell you it helps. However, the idea of a meditation may seem not your style. Maybe you have a visual of a yogi sitting cross-legged. Maybe your knees can't handle that. (laughs) Or they're oming in silence for an hour. Ah! Despite that visual, I am here to tell you that there is another way. A way that will work for you. How do I know that? 
Because if it's something that you truly want to do, you can find a way to create a meditation practice that fits into your lifestyle. So it's funny, I looked up the definition of meditation and from Webster Dictionary, it says to engage in contemplation or reflection, to engage in mental exercise, such as concentration on one's breathing or repetition of a mantra for the purpose of reaching a heightened level of spiritual awareness. Beautiful, right? Those are lovely definitions. Also, maybe not what you kind of thought when you think of meditation. And then Yogapedia, I liked this one. The process of quieting the mind in order to spend time in thought for relaxation or religious or spiritual purposes. Did you hear that? Relaxation. The goal is to attain an inner state of awareness and intensify personal and spiritual growth. In practice, meditation involves concentrated focus on something such as sound, image, or feeling. Okay. So through all of that, I've had a long experience of meditation over the years. And, you know, my first introduction was TM and that, you know, it's what Deepak Chopra teaches. It's mantra-based meditation. You sit for 20 minutes twice a day. I actually am trained in it and it's really wonderful, but it is more of that kind of rigid meditation. There's Kiritan meditation. Did I say that right? I don't know. I may may have said it wrong. There's mindfulness meditation. There is body awareness meditation, like a yoga nidra. There are so many forms and I love experimenting. In fact, I teach a class called Mindset and Movement at the Colorado School of Minds here in Golden. And one of my goals every semester is to introduce them to as many different styles and ideas about meditation as I can so that they can find something that works for them. And you can do the same. There's many apps about it. Insight Timer is one of them. Calm is one of them. I forget some of the other big ones, but you Google it, they'll show up. But here's the deal. Here's my definition of meditation. Spending quiet time by yourself. Now, the hardcore people may say, Dana, that doesn't count. But I am here to say that that's okay if they don't agree. You know, we each have to find what's right for us. And the reality for a lot of people is your life is really full. It's really busy. That may mean you don't have time for meditation. But what I think is a bigger problem than not having time to, quote, meditate is not having time and space by yourself. You're either always texting or you're feeding the kids or talking to the husband or talking to clients on a call or having a Zoom happy hour. And then when you're not actively engaging, you're probably reading a book, listening to a podcast, catching up on the latest training that you missed. There's so many and it's easy to come to the end of the day and realize you had not a lick of time by yourself that you had no space and then you get into bed and you read your book and then you put on your headphones and you listen to a guided meditation and all of a sudden your entire day is about input and consumption, right? And then verbal output and energetic output. And that is not the best place to receive, receive, receive information for example, from your inner voice. One of the first things I have my tuning in members do is schedule 10 minutes a day to themselves. They don't have to do the work in the membership. 
They don't have to do anything. In fact, the request is usually don't do a lot of things. Like it could be going on a walk, but without a podcast, right? It could be sitting in your favorite chair, but without reading a book. It could be journaling, right? It could just be sitting and breathing, staring at the wall. And it kind of depends on your energy. You know, some people are really active and they find themselves, their time alone is like going on a run, you know, and moving. And that's fine for a lot of people running. That exercise can help clear your head. But I would just mention that there is a difference between running or exercising as a distraction from your thoughts and your feelings, right? To push everything aside. And that's fine. It serves a purpose. And there's also exercising or running in a mindful way as a way to get really present and tuned in to your body. And I would just offer that you are the only one who will know which one you're doing. And every workout may be different and there's no right or wrong. But what I'm talking about here, if you want to do an quote active meditation, allow yourself to be really present and mindful. Okay. And that, you know, that's what even that definition from Webster says is to engage in contemplation or reflection or to engage in mental exercise, such as concentration on one's breathing, right? So you could concentrate on your body and focus. Like, how does this movement feel? Sometimes that means you move a little bit slower so you can be more mindful. But whatever your form of meditation is, allow it to be. And allow yourself to have that time alone with or without a formal meditation practice. And that is where a lot of the transformation will happen. But here is the number one point of resistance for clients that I work with, especially when I start saying, hey, I want you to spend 10 minutes doing nothing every day. Who assigns people to do nothing? What kind of coach am I? What kind of teacher am I? I do that for my minds, the college students as well. I give them a homework assignment often where I'm like, okay, this week, at least X amount of times, I want you to do something just for the fun of it, just for the hell of it, not because it's going to advance your brain or advance your resume or any of it. I want you to do something just for the hell of it. And they're like, what? What's the point then? What's the point (laughs) if it's not advancing me? And the point is, is that it actually is advancing you. It's advancing your level of self-awareness. And the more we grow in our self-awareness, our self-reflection, our understanding of self, our witnessing of self, the more everything else in our life improves. So it's a secret. It's a secret trick that, you know, I have you do you do nothing and that actually has a positive effect on everything. So here's what happens, though, when people start spending time alone because we're not used to it. We are busy people and we consume. Even if you're alone, you're often consuming something. And if you're not consuming something and here it is, you're consuming your thoughts. Oh, goodness gracious. That's what people say to me. Dana. I can't sit still. Okay, we already addressed not being able to sit still. That's fine. You can do a moving, mindful meditation, right? Time alone. 
But the other thing is they say, well, my thoughts are too overwhelming. When I stop, when I pause, when I'm alone with myself, it means I'm alone with my thoughts. And that I just can't handle. Because maybe your thoughts are mean. Maybe they're overwhelming. Maybe it's like a constant state of worry. And all of those things are exactly why people push that away and avoid spending time alone and avoid meditation, right? Because you think that if you stop, all of the thoughts are going to just bombard you forever and you're just going to be drowning in thoughts. But here's what happens. It is true that that happens at first, especially if you don't have a regular practice of silence and being alone. It's so funny. I'm like, I need a new metaphor, but I used this last week on the podcast. But imagine your thoughts are like a beach ball and all day long, you're holding the beach ball under the water all day. You're holding it down, holding it down, holding it down, holding it down, holding it down. And then suddenly you stop holding it down. Well, what happens? It's like a volcano. There we go. It bursts and overflows because all of those thoughts and feelings that you've been keeping at bay pour over. And then it's overwhelming. But here's the thing. Once the beach ball pops up, then it just settles. Once the volcano explodes, (laughs) I don't know anything about volcanoes, but at some point it stops. And that's the same with our thoughts. And I call this, I've coined this term, brain sweat. When your thoughts come pouring out, when you finally pause, I call it brain sweat. Think about when you go to a workout, right? Do you work out with a goal of not sweating? No. Sweating tells you that you're like actually getting stuff out of your body, right? You're getting toxins out. You're working hard. You know, you're working and it feels good to sweat. So we tend to associate sweating when working out as a release. And I would offer for you is what if you didn't associate quiet time alone with thoughts that come flooding up as negative? What if it's not a bad thing that you're thoughts come flooding? What if it's in fact something that not only you can handle, but will not maintain being overwhelming, right? It won't be overwhelming all the time because the more you do it, the more the thoughts have time to surface, right? The more we pause and get quiet and get present and are alone, the more the thoughts can come forward. And if we don't fight them and resist them, we can witness the thoughts. This is this is meditation. You become the witness of your thoughts. So you can witness the thought and thank it and release it. So it's like this brain sweat. It's like you've been working out all day and then all of a sudden all the sweat's going to come. <laughs> And all the thoughts that have been kind of, you know, under the surface all day because you've been too busy to think about them, they're going to flood up. And then you get to look at each one and say, okay, I'm worried about traveling. Okay, thank you. Thought, release. Okay, I am stressed that I'm not going to get all my work done. Okay, thought, thank you. Released. Oh my God, I hate my legs. All right, cool. Released. Oh my gosh, I shouldn't have eaten 
pizza last night. Thank you, released. So all the thoughts are allowed. There's nothing wrong with thoughts. They don't have to be negative, but you can witness them and see what's coming up. And then you can kind of play with questioning those thoughts, right? You are not your thoughts. You are the thinker of your thoughts. So when these thoughts kind of come up as brain sweat, which is exactly what people say, I can't meditate because I have too many thoughts. The point of meditation is not to get rid of the thoughts as in to stop thinking, but to actually become the witness of the thinking. You are the observer. You're the person who's witnessing your own thinking because then you've separated yourself from the thoughts and you can say, oh, that's interesting. Do I really hate my legs? Why do I hate my legs? And you can question the thought. They carry me every single day, right? My legs are amazing. Like they let me walk. I love my legs or that might be a stretch for you, but I can appreciate them. So you can see the thought and then you can release it or you can choose to challenge that thought. And so that little practice of sitting in the brain sweat is really powerful because you're saying, yes, I expect thoughts to come up. Yes, it's okay for them to come up, but no, I don't have to hold on to them or believe them. I can choose. And the more you do that, which is why I assign this to my members 10 minutes a day, If you allow that processing to kind of show up every single day, you'll start to see some of the repetitive thoughts. And then because they're repetitive and you see them, they're not so surprising. You're like, oh, I know you thought how you're always stressed and worried about everything. Hi. You're just love to be generally stressed. You won't even give me a reason. You're just thinking we're stressed. Hi, thought. I don't need you right now. And The cool thing is through this transformation is the more you do that, the more faded the thoughts become. So I can sit down in quiet and pretty much get some thoughts to come up right away. It's like, get them out. And then everything settles. It's like the calm after a storm. It's the stillness. It's the cleansed being. Your thoughts have come out and then you're left with you. And that, my friends, is when your inner voice shows up. When you let the thoughts have their say without holding on to them and gripping onto them, then your inner voice can speak and you will notice the difference. We have an episode, I think it's episode 45, which is intuition versus ego. Really asked about episode popular you can listen to that and I talk about the qualities of your inner voice versus the qualities of your ego your mind your mind thoughts versus your inner voice experience and once you allow the brain sweat to come through so let all of that happen witness and release then you've cleared space for the inner voice to come through and yes this can happen while you're on a mindful run doing a mindful workout on a walk. It can happen when you're sitting in silence. It can happen when you're staring at the wall doing nothing. It can happen when you're washing the dishes. But it happens because you've allowed the thoughts to surface. You've looked at them objectively. You've released them or questioned them. And you've made space for that regularly 
so that you can reach that stillness because you have the stillness within you. And it doesn't come from fighting your thoughts, from denying them, from avoiding them. Just like last week, I talked about emotions and how I can sit with my emotions and feel sad without fighting feeling sad and saying there's something wrong with me. The thoughts are the same, right? You can allow the thoughts to come up. Resisting them isn't going to get you to the place of peace because that's like holding the beach ball under and you're fighting it the whole time. And at some point you're going to get tired. It's about letting them come through, letting them surface, letting them bubble up, letting them sweat out of you. Witness them, thank them, release them, question them, and then tune in. That is the place where you don't have to do any formal meditation, but you're going to start to experience that peace of mind. That's what it is. Peace of mind is when you let the thoughts go because the mind stills so that you can hear the inner peace, your inner voice speak through you. And that is the most peaceful experience of all. And... When you're practicing this, the entire reason meditation is so helpful as a formal practice is because it helps you deal with the thoughts. You know, a mantra, if you're repeating so hum, the thoughts kind of come through, but you can't hold on to them because you're repeating a mantra. So hum, so hum, so hum. You know, that's one of the transcendental meditation mantras. So hum. And When you're doing a body awareness meditation, when you're like yoga nidra, relax your right hand thumb, relax your index finger, your middle finger, your ring finger, your pinky, relax your wrist, your forearm, your elbow, your upper arm, your shoulder. Ah, you don't have time to hold on to thoughts. They might appear, but you're supposed to be focusing on the voice and these parts of your body. So that's why meditation is so powerful. It's not to deny thoughts, to fight thoughts. And because you have thoughts or you can't sit still doesn't mean you can't meditate. It doesn't mean you can't find peace of mind or find that stillness within. It's just working with your own rhythm. And when we take it a little bit further, you know, Speaking to your inner voice isn't meditation per se. However, it is a form of meditation in my heart because it helps me find that stillness. It helps still the thoughts, right? They get to kind of fade away and I find that peace within. And to me, that is why we meditate. We meditate to detach ourselves from the thoughts and we become the thinker, the observer of the thoughts, not the thoughts. And we get to not be them and we can be our inner being. So when you're speaking to your inner voice, like when I do these deep dive inner voice sessions, oh my God, pretty much every single person I've worked with has said, I have felt a sense of peace that I've never experienced or that I never thought was possible. And it's because you get out of the mind and into the body, into the heart, into the soul. And that is possible for you even in just 10 minutes a day. So don't fight your thoughts. Reframe it as brain sweat, which is good. We need the brain sweat. We need them to sweat out just like we need to sweat toxins out of our body when we do a workout. 
and know that this presence, right, this presence is within you. And we're not checking out, right? We're not working out, meditating, or journaling to basically distract, but we're checking in. We're being mindful. We're slowing down. We're taking space alone without doing anything. You do not have to be on a constant consumption mode. That is mind-based experience. That is saying, the more I take in, the better I am. And that stops at some point. It's not forever because at some point, the mind then fully takes over and you lose all experience of body, of heart, of soul. So finding that balance of, yeah, consume and get external inspiration, but don't forget that your greatest source of inspiration comes from space, comes from sitting alone, comes from receiving from your inner voice, right? Universal guidance, downloads. You know, when someone says, oh, I got this like crazy download. That download doesn't happen when you're too busy and distracted. It happens when you have time and space and it doesn't take much. Just inviting your inner guidance to show up. Inviting yourself to put the phone down, put the book down, put the podcast down, put the... TV down, put it all away for a few minutes and just say, wow, I am here. And my favorite mantra, I am here, I am listening. And then you can breathe. You can walk. You can move mindfully. Or you can just sit. Allow the thoughts to bubble up. Allow the brain sweat to come through. Witness the thoughts, thank the thoughts, question the thoughts, release the thoughts, and then settle to the inner peace within you. Mm, I hope this episode was enlightening for you and gave you a new perspective of what it means to meditate and what it means for you. And allow yourself to take that space and decide, what do I want that to mean? I have a link, I'll put it in the show notes of a blog post I wrote all about meditation that has some articles linked and some other tools, but otherwise mindful time alone with yourself. And if you do this, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. If you share the episode, tag me at Dana underscore Evans. And we're taking next week off again, as a reminder, we will be back for season two on September 16th. As always, Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Tuning In Podcast. As always, if this would resonate with anyone you know, please share the episode. You can follow along with my journey on Instagram at Dana underscore Evans or find me on my website at alignful.com. <laughs>